KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, May 20th, one of San Diego's most competitive election races. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The number of homeless people in San Diego County is up 10% from January of 2020. The numbers come from the latest point-in-time count done in February. It found the demographics for who's unsheltered are changing. The number of families without their own place to live is up 56%. And the number of older people is also going up, says Tamara Kohler of the San Diego Regional Task Force on Homelessness. We also are seeing an an aging population with um, greater physical disabilities that they identified. So I think we're seeing things just more challenging on the street. The count found more than 8,400 people are experiencing homelessness in the county. More than half of them are in shelters. COVID-19 cases continue to rise in San Diego. The county reported more than 7,000 cases over the past week. That's up nearly 40% compared to the week before. And that's only cases reported to the county or at hospital sites. With more at-home testing available, it's likely the actual number is higher. CDC advisors say children 5 to 11 should get a booster shot of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. The hope is that this extra shot will shore up protection for little kids as infections are once again on the rise. San Diego County Health and Human Services said Thursday that pending approval from the Western States Committee, booster doses may soon be available for San Diego children 5 to 11. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. One of the most competitive races in San Diego's June 7th primary election is the race for City Council District 2. Incumbent Jen Campbell faces five challengers in the district, which covers Claremont, Mission Beach, and Point Loma. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen takes a closer look at some of those candidates and their priorities. City Council member Jen Campbell assembled her supporters this week to tout one of her proudest accomplishments since taking office, a system to legalize and regulate short-term home rentals popularized by Airbnb. The issue had been at a stalemate for years, with hardliners on both sides. Campbell says she brokered the compromise. We will close the chapter on the unregulated market that has vexed our city, our residents, and the good faith hosts who wanted a clear set of guidelines to follow. The rules limit the number of full-time vacation rentals to 1% of the city's housing stock. Which will allow thousands of homes to come back onto our housing market and bring stability and normalcy and 
peace and quiet to our neighborhoods. While Campbell is proud of the ordinance, her opponents in the race see it as a betrayal. I'm just tired of not having responsive government or transparent government. Mandy Havlick is an activist and member of the Peninsula Community Planning Board, where she's been a skeptic of growth and denser housing. A lot of my background is in customer service, and I feel like that's something that's missing in the office. Um, a lot of the issues with our current incumbent is, hey, I call, I have issues, and I'm not getting a response, I'm not getting a call back. And ultimately, we all want to feel seen and heard. KPBS spoke with Havlick and three other candidates at a debate this week, which Campbell said she couldn't attend because of a scheduling conflict. What kind of city are we giving my kids is the reason why I'm running. Joel Day is a UCSD lecturer and former staffer in the mayor's office. He bills himself as the most detail-oriented candidate, with a short, medium, and long-term plan to tackle his top priority, homelessness. We need safe encampment sites so that people get into the continuum of care and off of stoops and off of the streets. We need block leasing or master leasing so that the city directly can put people into units without um, security deposits, without uh, cr credit checks, which are huge barriers of entry to rapidly rehouse people. And then finally, we need to build deeply affordable units. I will show up and the community will be heard at City Hall. Linda Lucas is a dentist, professor of dental hygiene, and a realtor. Among her top priorities is fixing San Diego's crumbling infrastructure, though she doesn't want to pay for those repairs with higher taxes. A lot of us are being taxed out of the state, right? I don't know how much more of a burden we can handle. So my goal is to look for alternative funding measures um, seek the maximum we can from the state and from our federal governments and only if we've exhausted all other resources then we can talk about raising taxes. Lori Saldana is a former state assembly member and retired community college professor. What sets her apart in the crowded field of candidates? Most experienced, only other besides the incumbent who's represented these people in elected office. Saldana ran unsuccessfully for Congress in 2012, mayor in 2016, and county supervisor in 2018. She says her record in the legislature shows she was ahead of the curve in supporting same-sex marriage and the ban on the open carrying of firearms. So I, I think as the state changed, I really pushed, pushed, pushed on those issues, if not for me to get them through with my name on them, for others in future sessions to get them through. District 2 is at the center of some hot debates in city politics, like how to redevelop the city-owned sports arena property in the Midway District, and how to update the Claremont Community Plan, which will change height and density limits in that neighborhood. The two candidates with the most votes in the primary will compete in a runoff on November 8th. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. Community members rallied outside of the San Diego Union High School District headquarters on Thursday ahead of a school board meeting. The community is divided about how to respond to recent comments by Superintendent Cheryl James Ward, which led her to being placed on administrative leave. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne has more. Superintendent Cheryl James Ward was put on leave several weeks ago after she made remarks about Asian students during a district training. She has publicly apologized over the comments. James Ward has retained an attorney who told local media outlets that she believes her suspension is retaliation, stemming from a formal investigation she launched involving board member Michael Allman. 
He is accused of bullying, racist, and sexist behavior. Accusations Almond denies. Molly Woods Drake is the president of Encinitas for Equality, which organized the rally. She wants Almond to resign and James Ward to be reinstated. Intent really matters, and she recognized that she made a mistake. She owned up to it and then came out with, here's solutions to move forward. Several community members who gathered at the rally say James Ward should be removed, while some want her to stay. Attorneys representing James Ward say they are ready to take legal action against the district if she is fired. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. Lowrider cruising will continue in National City next month, but organizers may face a hefty bill to keep it going. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer explains. A 30-year ban was lifted on lowrider cruising in National City earlier this month as part of a temporary six-month trial period. After the event, city officials gave the United Lowrider Coalition organizers a post-event assessment and eight recommendations, including one to have a police sergeant and six officers at each event at a cost of $7,813 each time. We're not charging anybody to cruise down Highland Avenue. We're not making any money. We don't have that kind of money to pay per cruise. United Lowrider Coalition member Jovita Arellano says she's unsure if the extra police are needed and where their organization will get that kind of money. Lowrider cruise nights are planned for the first Friday of every month until October under a trial basis. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Coming up, the Carlsbad 5000 returns this weekend. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. After three years, the Carlsbad 5000 is finally back this Sunday. The running race through downtown Carlsbad is known as the world's fastest 5K because of the world record set there. KPBS reporter Claire Tregesser has more. The Carlsbad 5000 is the last major road race in the U.S. to return after the pandemic. Altogether, about 6,000 runners are expected to turn out. Different age groups run throughout the day on Sunday, ending with races for elite men and women. Olympian and San Diegan Meb Kafleski is a co-owner of the race and says he'll be out running too. I'm going to recreationally run. I'm not competing like I did in the past, but yeah, I'll be there running it on Sunday, uh, May 22nd, and looking forward to, you know, growing along my fellow runners. In the past, Meb ran the course at around a four-minute mile. Now, he says a recreational pace for him will be double that. So, a still speedy eight-minute mile. Claire Tregesser, KPBS News.
The San Diego International Fringe Festival returns in June to celebrate its 10th year. Like many arts events, the festival has been on break for two years due to the pandemic. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando spoke with founder and executive director Kevin Charles Patterson. So what can people expect this June? This June, they can expect a smaller festival, and it is specifically smaller because of the impact that COVID has had. And hopefully, we'll be able to completely return to normalcy next year. But this year, folks can expect a smaller, more manageable festival as we come out of COVID. And remind people what Fringe is all about. Fringe has a unique personality that's different from other things. I would say what's very unique with the Fringe versus other theater arts programming that we would see throughout San Diego County is that it's uncensored, it's unjuried, it's open access completely. So anybody that wants to do a show can. So it could be folks from the major arts organizations, the opera or the symphony, and somebody that is just finishing getting their degree in school and wants to do a show. It could be a complete mixture. I think that's the biggest thing that uh, sets us apart is, is those elements. Oh, and another thing <laughs> that's very wonderful is that 100% of the box office goes to the artists. So ultimately, this whole platform centers around the artists and possible portfolio advancement for their shows or personal resume building opportunities. It's, it's an unbelievable platform with what it's able to do. Oh, and then to continue answering that question with something else that's different, is cultural exchanges. Us having artists from San Diego be able to travel to other countries and artists from other countries that have won awards in their festivals come to San Diego. It's a very unique, wonderful career advancement opportunity. Now there are official venues for Fringe, which is the Marie Hitchcock Puppet Theater and the Central Cultural de la Raza, but you have something called BYOV, which is bring your own venue. So what does that mean for artists? Bring your own venue for the artists. They have the opportunity to pick any location, any venue that they would like to use on their own and present there. It could be behind a building in a really unique site-specific spot or in a restaurant. This year with BYOV, we have a coffee house that's in Ocean Beach called The Template, and Bodhi Tree Concerts will be performing there. And then another one that stands out to me is Lay Girls Adult Club. And how has it been returning to putting Fringe on? What have been some of the challenges, both financially and in trying to secure venues? Financially, we are the recipients of a grant from the Commission for Arts and Culture, which has been fantastic for our city and arts organizations. So that is a big component that helps make the festival possible. And then also there have been COVID initiatives to help arts organizations. So finances isn't an issue this time around. I would say one thing that's been difficult is navigating through all the processes and procedures for having an event in the park, going to the city and getting the proper permits. And it turns out that our festival is taking place 
during a moratorium to get stuff out of the park. So as we're about to bring stuff in, they want to take stuff out. So that's a big conflict there. And then also many of the venues are playing catch up from COVID. So there's that element too. So it's been a little difficult and the fringe in the past was largely based in Spreckles Theater. And in Spreckles Theater, the owners gave us free reign to use whatever we wanted to use within the building. And that means multiple venues and a club and concessions. So now that that building has been sold, we are coming up with new ways to make the festival robust after our petite festival this year, our pop-up festival. That was KPBS's Beth Accomando speaking with Kevin Charles Patterson. San Diego International Fringe Festival returns June 2nd through 12th in Balboa Park. And that's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. This podcast is produced by KPBS senior radio producer Brooke Ruth and me, Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu.